Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Awesome. How you doing, all right? That's good. You're looking good. Just saying, you just look good. We, um... We've been doing a series. Who saw the War Room movie? Who's seen the movie War Room? A lot of you did. We showed it um, a few weeks ago now, at, uh, about a month ago, uh, here at church on a Sunday night. And so we've been doing a series on prayer in church and our life groups and our Sunday messages have been centered around prayer. And uh, tonight I'm going to continue talking about prayer. And Doug this morning um, preached about prayer, about uh, presence, position and power. Is that correct? I've remembered that. Must have, must have stuck. And, um, and tonight, the message I prepared um, before that was I want to talk about the power of prayer. So it kind of, I guess, flows on from the end of what Doug was talking about this morning. And I want to share with you a um, kind of, I guess it's a story, it's something that's happening in our nation at the moment. And, and I want to share about that and highlight the power of prayer. Some of you may have uh, seen in the media or seen uh, on Facebook, there's a lot of stuff on Facebook about it, about a program that's been, uh, since June last year, was introduced into our schools, not all of them, but some of our schools in our nation called the Safe Schools Program. Who has read about what I'm... Good, I'm glad lots of people have. And, um, and if you haven't, I'm not going to talk about everything that's in that, but it's an anti-bullying program, but, but it's not really. Uh, it goes into a whole lot of... Uh, sexualized content that's um, shown to 11-year-olds upwards in schools and the content, if you start to read about some of the lessons and what they talk about, I wouldn't allow my kids to go anywhere near it. And, uh, and it's not good and, and it comes from um, you know, people that have written it that uh, have a, a certain agenda they want to uh, bring forward and are infiltrating um, whether people realise or not in, trying to infiltrate our whole national curriculum with this program. And so far, about 520 schools in our nation have, uh, have started the program. And so, and I'd heard nothing about this um, for uh, the first seven months. So June last year was introduced, and at the moment, schools can choose to take it on. And, and uh, the plan is that um, in Victoria, starting Victoria, every school, every state school will have to run this program. But then on the 8th of February... 8th of February, let me just look at my notes for a moment. On the 8th of February, it was a Monday. Um, suddenly, in one of the major papers uh, in our nation, there was an article written by a well-known journalist that wrote uh, with a few concerns about this program. They must have sort of had a look at it, come up, and they start to uh, talk about this. And then every day since that day, um, it has been in the media. Um, some, it, was a, it was highlighted um, about a week or two ago on Q&A. Uh, some of you may watch that uh, show sometimes. And, and it's been in the papers nearly every day and definitely in media every day. And all these concerns, and it's been growing and growing and growing to the point that um, a couple of parliamentarians got up and spoke, began to read out some of the things in the program because they were so, um, ter- you know, not terrified, but they were so... Um, worried about and distressed about some of these things that was in this curriculum. The curriculum, uh, the language in the curriculum, just to highlight one thing, to see where I'm coming from, the curriculum, uh, when it was brought to Queensland Parliament last year, it was being brought through the Parliament, and when the um, Secretary of the Parliament read some of the curriculum, they had to edit some words out of the program because the words weren't fit for Parliament with the languages used, but it was fit for our schools. So that's, so that's, you can read about that and document that they had to take words out in inappropriate language. It wasn't appropriate for our parliament, but apparently it's okay for 11-year-olds and up in our schools. And so suddenly on the 8th of February, um, this is in the media, it got to a point when the when MPs uh, stood up and started talking about that, that our Prime Minister has ordered an investigation into the program. And, uh, and that's happening at the moment. And, uh, and, and if you look at all the, you know, you can go on Facebook and see all the comments, there's parents that, they're not Christians, they're just everyday ordinary Australians are up in arms about when they start to read and delve into what um, this is in this program and there's already parents that pull kids out of schools that are, sh- are having the program and things like that. And for seven months it went under the radar and no one knew anything about it. But on the 8th of February, suddenly it, it came out in the local media. Does, does everyone know what happened on the 7th of February? What happened in our nation on the 7th of February? It was a national day of prayer in our nation. 
and um, Canberra, uh, in Canberra Parliament House. They took over the, the main uh, room and hundreds of Christians gathered in that place and prayed all through the day. Churches all over our nation, we prayed, had a segment in our service, we prayed for our nation. I remember I read out a, a prayer for our nation that without other churches were using. Some of you may remember that. And we, and we prayed and, and hundreds of churches across our nation have prayed since then. There's been many other prayer meetings. The other thing that's happening since that day is there's been 40 days of prayer and fasting in our nation. People in our nation have been praying for 40 days and it's sort of a bit over halfway through that. But the day before um, that was released in media, our whole nation prayed. And tonight I want to talk about the power of prayer because when we come together and pray and call out to God, God moves in power. God hears our prayers. And one of the things that happens is when we pray and when you, when you seek God or when you pray, He brings things to the surface. He brings the schemes of the enemy to the surface. He brings evil to the surface. He brings sin to the surface. Sur- surface. Like you can be praying yourself personally. And maybe this is happening, you're praying and you're saying, God, you know, and praying for the day and, and talking to Him and things like that. And suddenly the Holy Spirit will sort of break into your thoughts and highlight something to you, say, you need to go to that person and, and say, I'm sorry about doing that. Or they'll bring something to your thing, bring something to the surface that may be sitting there undealt with. And you may have forgotten about it or thought it wasn't a big deal, but maybe to the other person it was. And, and the Holy Spirit reminds you, you need to go and reconcile yourself to that person to ask for forgiveness for that. Or, or you need to pray for that person. You'll suddenly bring something. That person's in need. Pray for that person. And so when we pray, God, one of the things that happens is He will allow the schemes of the enemy to be exposed. And I believe that that this thing was going under the radar. I believe the day that people gathered together, the National Day of Prayer, people began to pray that the enemy's schemes were exposed because I believe there's a spirit behind the people that are running this program. And it's just one part of a whole big picture if you want to delve into it all and you need to go and look at all that yourself. But it's an attack on the young people of our nation and the next generation. And if we don't stand up and pray and do the battle in warfare prayer, then our nation will suffer and we'll have to deal with it. And so, but people have been praying and, I, and God has brought this to the surface to say, don't worry, he's in control. And sometimes he allows things to come to a certain point to sort of, to come to expose and we suddenly go, oh, what's going on? And when we find out that, you know, the enemy's doing this stuff and something's happening, it causes us, gets to a point where it causes us, instead of sort of sitting back, because sometimes we can kind of sit back and get a bit comfortable, it causes us to suddenly stand up and go, we need to pray more. I need to pray more. I need to, I need to get off my backside and pray a bit more. I need to cry out for my nation. And God sometimes allows things to get a certain point to suddenly kick us into gear and remind us that we need to pray. So I want to start off with that. I want to talk about the power of prayer. And, um, and just to highlight, just with that little thing that I've been watching happening, to highlight the power of prayer, that when we pray, when a nation gathers together in prayer, what God does. Many times in the Bible we read that they gathered together and a nation gathered before God. Israel gathered before God and they prayed. They come back and, and, and they came up before God and repented of their sin and their whole nation was transformed and changed. So God does many great things and even in a single day He can turn something around. In Ephesians 6, chapter 10 to 20, we read this. Because you know, our fight when we're praying, it's not against people. It's against a, it's a, it's a spiritual force of darkness. We're never fighting against people. And it says this in Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes for the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. 
with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray, this is Paul writing this, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm ambassador in chains. Pray that I may also declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, a lot of the time we read that portion of Scripture, and some of you would have read that before about the armor of God. And sometimes we read about the armor, and we talk about the armor, which I'll probably mention a little bit tonight. But if you keep reading, after he talks about having this armor of God, which is really saying makes us ready. When we had this armor on, we're ready to do battle. He's taught, and Doug mentioned this this morning. It's about doing, it's a battle we're in. It's not, it's not a physical battle. We're not putting armor on and going, going to find someone to have a fight with. It's a spiritual battle. And, and the battle, you need this armor. Otherwise, if you go in there without God's armor, this is God-given armor, then you're gonna, the devil's going to knock you over because you need the weapons to fight with that God has given you. And after, once you read about the, the armor of God, it then talks about and flows into about praying. It says, straight out of this, it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. That's talking about praying in a heavenly language. Praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. On all occasions, that's talking about like not just a major issue or a major crisis, but all occasions, big things, little things, whatever it may be, things that may seem very important or things that may seem just, just a little bit important. But he's saying, pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. In other words, he's saying, we need to pray for each other. You need to pray for the person next to you. You need to pray for your church. We need to pray, you know, the church is the people. We need to pray for each other. And he says, pray for me as well. I want to read you that same portion of scripture in the message because it highlights a few different aspects of this, what he's saying. And it says, that, and this wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk, that we'll walk away from and forget about it a couple of hours. This, this is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and his angels. It's, in other words, it's not a game. He's saying this is very serious. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll stand on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. That's talking about the armor. That's what they are. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation. Learn how to apply them, and you'll need them throughout your life. God's Word is, indispen- is an indispensable weapon. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time. Telling the mystery to one, uh, one and all, the message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. Jailbird preacher. Any, any other jailbird preachers here? And so he's sitting in jail writing this because he was preaching the gospel and got thrown in prison because of it. But it shows you highlight some aspects of what he was talking about. So we are called to pray for another. We are called to pray on every occasion, but to put on the armor of God, the truth, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the the feet that bring the gospel of peace. And prayer can be like this. It's amazing that God in that scripture links prayer and warfare together. He links it together. He says, sometimes we think we've got the armor on because we need, you know, when you read that, you can read it like, oh, we've got to defend ourselves. Who reads that scripture and thinks, oh, it's to defend myself? Because you read about the shield that stops the arrows of the enemy. It's almost like a defensive thing. And so it can be defensive, but then you've got a sword, which is the word of God, which you use to cut down, hack down the enemy. 
every scheme of the enemy. And so you're fully equipped. God has given you everything you need. Everything you need. And he says, when you're fully equipped with my armor, he said, pray. Pray on all occasions. And pray for each other. And pray for me. And we can apply that in our lives. We're ready. Pray pray for yourself. Pray for your day. Pray for people around you. Pray on all occasions in whatever the situation is. But don't just do that. Pray for each other. Pray for your Pray for your friends. Pray for your family. Pray for those that need encouragement. Pray for those people around you tonight. And then also pray for your leader because Paul was their leader. He was their spiritual pastor, I guess you could say. And so pray for your leaders as well. In other words, he's saying pray in all these different areas because you are fully equipped to do it because God has equipped you with the weapons you need. And he says, be alert for every scheme of the enemy. In other words, don't just kind of wander along. Oh, it's all good. Everything's, everything's fine, comfortable. And... He says, be alert. Be alert to every scheme of the enemy. Be alert to what he's doing. Watch out for him. And then when you see something going on, you've got your armor on and you start to take him down. Say, oh, no way, devil. You are not going to touch our kids. No way, devil. You are not going to bring that in. You are not going to mess with my family. No, and you stand on the word of God and begin to pray. The movie War Room, the uh, subtitle under that, movie war room is called prayer is a powerful weapon and it talks about highlighting the power of prayer and 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 there's many scenes in that movie where you know we see her she finally you know begins to pray and then she suddenly realizes the enemy's messing with her family and she can see this is really serious exactly what paul was saying there he says this is serious it's it's a do or die fight it's not a muck around thing. It's a spiritual battle that goes on over our lives and over our, our town, over our city, over our nation. It's not, a, it's not just a game. It's very, very real. And God wants us to know that it's very serious that we do need to pray and we need to be aware. And so you see her get like a revelation and go, the devil's messing with my family. And there's a scene where she just stands up and she begins to walk around her house and she tells the devil to get out. She goes just to pray over her house and said, you are not welcome in this place anymore. This is God's place. This is my family. This is God's family. And she begins to kick the devil out. And from that moment, when she starts to really, I guess, get in warfare prayer, it shifts. It changes. And in the middle of everything that's going on, suddenly he's just suddenly realized he's convicted of his sin and stuff in his life. And suddenly something changes because she started praying. And wasn't a, at first it was kind of like she was getting there, oh, I'll try and do this and try and get that. But she suddenly clicked into gear and said, this is real. This is powerful. God means business here and he wants me to pray. We must, we must recognize the devil's schemes and our fight isn't against people. Don't ever fight against people. It's not against people. People will will annoy you. People will do everything. The enemy will use people to hurt you, and then the, the and then say things, and and then the you know the temptation is then you take it out on the person. But you've got to see beyond that. You've got to see beyond that. The enemy's schemes are affecting that person's life, and he's using their brokenness to then attack you and hurt you. But we should always do what Jesus did and love people. And never stray from what the Word of God says. The Word of God never says to have a fight with someone or go and take it out on someone. The Word of God says about loving people. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus loved people no matter what they said or what they did. And we need to do the same thing. But Jesus would have been very active. And he got very mad at every demon that came in front of him. He didn't muck around. He didn't mess around. He just told them to go. He told them to shut up. When they tried to speak, he told him to get out because he took authority over it because he, he understood what it was to pray. He understood about warfare prayer. He took, a hold, he took a hold of every scheme of the enemy and realized what it was quickly and took the enemy out. And he wants us to be the same. God links prayer and the fight together. I mentioned before, prayer is a weapon. Prayer is a weapon. Prayer is many things. Doug shared many things this morning about prayer, but tonight I want to tell you prayer is a weapon. It is powerful. God wants you to understand that it is a weapon that sometimes I think that uh, as Christians we, um, we don't realize the power of prayer because if we did, we would be praying maybe a lot more than we did. 
that we do. If we suddenly don't realize that maybe when you know things get tough and you know and there's a real problem, then we start to pray and say, God, please help, and God, do this. And often we can be like, God, God, I need your help, and God, well, I need this, God, I need that, and God, I need that. Instead of it's more than just about you or me, we can actually use prayer as a weapon to set other people free. The schemes of the enemy that are that are attacking someone else, we can we can speak life over that situation and, and ask God to move in that person's life and to take the, the devil to take his hands off their life. And we can act fight for other people. We can fight for our city. We can fight for our nation. Prayer is essential in ongoing warfare. It's said in the message. Prayer is essential. Prayer is essential. I want to read another story and it's found in the book of Daniel. And uh, another thing that happens is that when you pray, that's what this story illustrates, when you pray, it activates the supernatural. It's not just a prayer that's kind of like flutters off into the atmosphere somewhere. Your prayer activates the supernatural. Spiritual things start to begin the moment you begin to pray, especially if you're praying and you're serious about it, and especially if you're praying with the Word of God. Because the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, and the enemy can't stand against the Word of God. So if you think, I don't know what to pray, a good place is to get some scriptures together, some scriptures, maybe things you need prayer for, answers to prayer, or you see things going on in someone's life. Find a scripture that matches that situation. Find a scripture that goes that, and then begin to pray that scripture. Begin to speak that out. Say, your God, your Word says, if we're faithful and just you'll forgive us as in god lord your word says i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and begin to pray over whatever the situation is and begin to pray the word of god because what you're actually doing is you're using the word of god like a sword and no matter how the enemy because i don't want you to do that there's nothing you can do about it because the word of god is much more powerful than he is and it stops him in his tracks and he can't mess with that situation he can't mess with you anymore the moment you begin to speak the word of god Everyone understand what I'm talking about tonight? So in Daniel, there's a story. And, I'll, and bear with me, I'm going, to read, I'm going to read this whole of chapter 10. It's not that long, but I want you to get the gist of it. I want you to imagine what Daniel's saying here, what he saw. And I want to put yourself in this situation. So it says in Daniel 10 verse 1, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. Its message was, was true and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. So he'd been praying basically for three weeks, mourned and basically prayer and, prayer and fasting for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. And I used no lotions at all the three weeks until the three weeks were over. So he probably smelled a bit too. And so on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So there's a group of them standing there. They see it, but got so scared they ran. And, David, and Daniel was standing there by himself. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left, but my face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking. And as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I've now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come to in response to them. So three weeks ago, he says, when you prayed and you humbled yourself and began to pray, he said, I heard them then, 21 days ago. And he said, basically said, I was on my way the whole time. But he says, but the prince 
of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Now, the prince of the Persian kingdom, if you look into all this, it's talking about a spiritual, um, demonic spirit over the land of Persia. And he said, I was coming to answer your prayer and to talk with you and meet with you, but it's taken me three weeks to get there because I had to fight against the demonic stronghold over this kingdom. And so he said, but the prince of Persia kingdom um, resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, that's Michael the archangel, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was still saying this to me, I bowed with my face towards the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision. My Lord, I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid. You who are highly esteemed, he said, peace. Be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, do you, not, do you know why I have come, come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. He's talking about another spirit coming as well. But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince, Michael the archangel. So there's this whole, he had looked at the whole, you know, he started praying three weeks ago, praying and fasting, crying out to God for his nation. That's what he was doing. Because he saw the nation, Jerusalem, he was crying out for them. But it's like he's, he was praying, but like he got no answer for three weeks, but he was still praying. He was still fasting. He was still crying out. Then one day, he's standing on the banks of that river, and he sees a vision. And this angel comes, who was obviously terrifying, obviously strong and big, and said, I've come to tell you. He said, I heard your prayer three weeks ago. I, God acted straight away. I, he said, I was sent. So God had sent him straight away to give the message to Daniel, but it took three weeks of fighting of spiritual warfare in the spiritual realms before Daniel got the message. And that's a picture, an illustration that when you pray, and that when we prayed, Doug shared a story this morning where he prayed for his stuff that was going on next to his neighbors and that God answered and moved very quickly. And sometimes prayer happens that quick. Sometimes there's spiritual strongholds and stuff going on that it's like we pray one prayer and then we go, we think, oh, God mustn't have heard us. And we pray again and we pray again and we pray, God mustn't hear us. But what's probably happening is that there's a battle going on and you, don't, you can't see it. You don't, Daniel didn't know what was going on until he came and told him, but there's a battle, spiritual battle going on. And every time you pray for your family, every time you pray for your friends, every time you begin to take up the fight in prayer against something that's going on, there's a battle, there's a spiritual warfare is activated because you prayed. Your prayer has power. They're not, it's not a game. It's not just something that's, oh, yeah, we'll just pray. Your prayer has authority and power, has spiritual authority and power. And when you use the name of Jesus, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, nothing can stand against that name. Any demon, any demonic stronghold can come and try his best to come against it. But when you stand, when you have the full armor of God, it says when you stand, and when you speak using the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, it basically says you'll still be standing because the name of Jesus is much more powerful than any other stronghold because He's defeated every scheme. He's defeated the enemy on the cross and has won the battle. Your prayer has power. Don't just take for granted the prayers that you pray. Don't take for granted just the small prayers or the Side prayers or the little things or whatever, God is interested in everyone and He acts upon those that you pray. So the first point, there's three points I want to make tonight. The first point was this, that when you pray, that the enemy's schemes are brought to the surface. His, the, the sin is brought to the surface. Evil is brought to the surface. Prayer also defeats the enemy. It defeats the enemy. 
Number two is this, that prayer strengthens people. It said that you should, once you put on your armor, pray. Pray on all occasions, but pray for each other. Pray for each other. One of the greatest things you can do is pray for each other. Because when you pray for someone, whether you're praying, you know, they're right in front of you and you maybe just say, oh, can I pray for you, encourage you, you can do that. But even if you pray for someone and, and they're not with you in the room, you know, prayer has an effect. You're encouraging people. Prayer has no boundaries. Prayer has no distance. And you'll be surprised that when you begin to pray for someone that what changes in their day. When you begin to pray for someone that, you know, praying prayers like, oh, God, just bless them today. I pray they have an incredible day at work. Watch over them, help them and strengthen them. And you're going to pray for your friends and family. And, and you'll be amazed that if you actually, sometimes we don't follow it up, but if you ask them, how was your day today? They'll go, oh, yeah, well, I had an awesome day. Things just went well. Things just changed. And I thought it was going to be hard, but things turned around. I'm amazed how many times that I've had people say things like that to me. Then I sort of think for a moment and go, oh, I prayed for them today. And it's amazing. Prayer has power. You strengthen each other when you pray. And we need to pray for each other because we all need to be strengthened. We all need to be encouraged. And I'm talking about Christians here. We all need to be strengthened. We all need to be encouraged. We all need each other to pray for each other. It's said in Ephesians, pray in a, in a message version, it said, pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. That's being aware of the enemy's schemes, being aware of what's going on. Keep other, each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. It's like we're running a race together and it's like you see someone sort of dying on the, on the sidelines. You know, they, they need some water. And, uh, and, and it's like, you aren't, oh, yeah, they'll be right. And just keep running past. You know, but it's like you're going, hang on a minute, and you suddenly you stop and you begin to help them, and, it's, and you pick them up, and you, you'd carry, if you saw someone like that, you'd help them out. They need first aid, they need whatever, and you'd help them out. But like, and prayer is like that. We're running a race, we're in this together. And sometimes you don't always see the runners around you, but let me tell you, when you pray for each other, it's like you're encouraging each other. It's like you're on the sideline clapping each other, going, you're going to make it. You're going to finish the race. You're going to do it. You're going to make it through. Don't let that thing stop you. Don't let that hurdle stop you. You can make it. Oh, but I'm tired. No, you can make it. God, you can do all things through God. God is strengthens you. You can, you can do it. And begin to pray for each other, encourage one another, and you'd be amazed. Whether you, whether you see the results or hear the results or not, let me tell you, every prayer is heard by God. And, he, and, and God acts upon that. It says, and don't forget to pray for me. I'll, I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time. Telling the mystery to one and all, the message that I, that I jailbird preacher that I am am responsible for getting out. In other words, that's representing our leaders. Pray for your leaders. Pray for Pastor Ross and Mary Lynn. Pray for other leaders in this place. Pray for your boss at work. If you're a teacher, pray for your principals. Pray for those people. It doesn't matter, you know, where they are, whatever. If there's someone leader in your life, pray for them. Pray for people that are above you. Pray for the person that annoys you. Pray for the, the boss that's terrible. Pray, pray for the person that um, says bad things about you, talks behind your back, gossips about you, does all the bad things, and people that you just get annoyed. Pray hardest for them, and God will bless you for it. And God will turn the situation around. Because prayer is powerful. Maybe you're in a situation where you can't say too much. If you say too much, then you're going to get ridiculed or something. That's okay. Just pray. Prayer is more powerful anyway. When you activate God in the situation, they've got no hope. They've got no hope. They've got no hope. God will turn the situation around. God will turn it away in a situation where he brings the junk to the surface, the lies to the surface, the gossip to the surface. Prayer changes everything. James 5.16 is a great scripture. It says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, hurt, may be healed. That's the first bit of the scripture. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for each other. And if you pray for each other, it says you'll be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That's a New Living Translation. 
The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Your prayers, those of us that know Jesus in this place, in this room tonight, Christians as they pray, righteous in God. It says, as you pray, it has so much power and it produces wonderful results. Prayer is powerful. Don't underestimate. I want to hit the point tonight. Don't underestimate prayer. It is a weapon you have that will change a nation. It's a weapon you'll have that will change your school, your workplace, your family. It is a powerful weapon. But we've got to use it right. You know, prayer is it's talking to God and listening to God. And uh, sometimes I think we get caught up. I think some of us, we want to we pray, but it's like, it's like we don't pray for long because we run out of words because we do all the talking. Who's ever prayed like that? I've prayed like that. And anyone else want to now confess that they've done that as well? And so, and on, you know, you can be even praying and going, I've got all these, and it's like, it's like this. I was driving here tonight and I thought of this analogy. It's like you're going out with a friend to have coffee down the beach. You work out a time, it's all good. We meet there for coffee, all that stuff. And then you get there and you, and you begin to talk. And you say, you know, you're such a great friend. You know, you're so, you're, so you're, so you help you help me out all the time. You're there for me, and you're the best friend. And, and you know, I just love hanging out with you. And I thank you for all the things you do. And you're, you know, out of all the friends I got, you're the best friend. You're my best friend, and and I like you the best. And then you go, oh, and you know, and would you would you can you pay for um can you pay for my coffee today? And could you could you um lend me this? And could you could you um my friend's sick? Can you pray for that friend or help that friend out as well? And I need a new car too. So um if you could get me a new car, it'd be great. I love a better job or, or it's an extra work and things like that. And uh, and just give a whole list of all this stuff you want after you said they were really good. And you go, well, thanks for that. I'm going. And then you just walk away and go see. Later, and you walk off, leaving with the bill. Who's ever done that to God? And if you were sitting there and saw that, you would go, "You are stinking! Who? Are, what are you? What kind of friend? You're no friend at all. Like, how dare you treat that person like that? And, that, and you think that person would be like, "I never want to hang out with them again. I'm never. If they want coffee again, I'm not going to be there." How gracious is God that he shows up again after paying your coffee bill? After you ask him for many, many weeks of buying a new car and wanting another job and maybe you complain about a whole lot of things and whinge about a whole lot of things. But you tell him he's really good and he's, he's great. But if it's one of us, we go, well, we, we might show up a second time, but after that happens a second time, you have to find a new friend because I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. And so, but God is there every time. And in fact, he is there waiting for you early. He's there waiting. You know, he's, he's every time we come together at church on a Sunday, he's already here waiting. We don't need to ask him to come. His presence is always here. You can, you can walk into this place during the middle of the week, you know, and you walk in here and you can sort of just, sing a song or something and his presence you just feel his presence instantly in this place it's just he's just he's always here he's here you're aware of his presence and and it's like you know there's moments when we're talking about you know prayer is it's not just about you doing all the talking yes you can do all those things and pray yes you can request things off god but prayer is much prayer is you need to listen to what he says you can pray but you sometimes you just need to sit and just wait and say nothing you can have some music playing or whatever, but there's times when you just need to stay and wait and simply say, God, what do you want to say to me? And then wait. Might be five minutes, might be 10 minutes, might be 20 minutes. But if you wait, most of the time he will speak something into you profoundly into your life. And those few words or whatever he says will be so encouraging to you, will give you, will just... Will be, something will come alive in you that, that the rest of that day, the rest of that week will be life-changing because you just simply waited in His presence. There's moments in our, sometimes in worship here where you, know, you can have individual prayer, you can have corporate prayer and there's times when we're in worship and we're praising God and suddenly it just goes quiet. No one tries to make it go quiet. It kind of just 
happens. It's like the Holy Spirit just kind of flows that way. And suddenly there'll be a time where it's just quiet. And there might be a guitar or a keyboard playing. But everyone in the place is just quiet. And this is like, there's like a silence. It's not uncomfortable, but it's the presence of God. And in those times, he's speaking to every person in this place. There's individual people where he's just speaking. And it's the same with you, by yourself or with you together. And it's those times where we, we've worshipped and we've praised and we've said, God, you're incredible. We love you. But now we're waiting. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? It's his presence. It's his presence. And the third thing is this. Prayer prepares people to meet Jesus. It's not about us and, and just about our lives as a whole. You know, there's thousands of people in our city alone that don't know Jesus. And when you pray, God has given you the weapons and the authority to be able to pray for people, pray for our city, pray for your friends that don't know Jesus, pray for families, people you know, people you don't know, your school, your workplace, whatever it may be. You can pray and you're not just praying for them as just like God help them, whatever. You're actually preparing their hearts to receive Jesus. You're preparing, whether you realize or not, you're pre- preparing their lives to receive Him, for an encounter with Him. Your prayers are powerful and they are effective. It says this, a well-known scripture on prayer. Second Chronicles 7.14. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. I want to read that again in the message version. It says, and my people, my God-defined people. It's talking about us. It's talking about people that know God. It's talking about you and me. Respond by humbling themselves, and praying, and seeking my presence. It says there, when it says seek my face, it's talking about seeking his presence, intimacy with him, his presence that Doug talked about this morning, and turning their backs on their wicked lives, I'll be there ready for you, I'll listen from heaven, forgive their sins, and restore their land to health. It's three things, there's three things that God asks for, and there's three things in that scripture he said he'll do. The three things he says to humble themselves and pray. It said the same thing in Daniel. The angel appeared before Daniel and said, because you humbled yourself three weeks ago, you humbled yourself and you, and you, and you prayed and you sought me. He said, I came, I heard your prayer. And it says the same thing here. Those that humble themselves and pray and seek my face or seek my presence and turn from the wicked ways, he said, I'll do these three things. I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. Our land needs healing. If you read before that scripture, it talks about, it's not just talking about spiritual healing or physical healing someone's body. It's actually talking about everything. It's talking about actually healing the physical land and the, and the spiritual and the you know, physical person themselves. It's talking about health to the whole nation. And, it's, and God is saying, and calling out to God-defined people, His people, which is us, if we put it into today. It's us. And He says, when my people call to me, when they humble themselves. In other words, saying, it's, you know, you, you're not worried about what people think. You're not worried about what people think of you praying at the lunchtime table. You're not worried about what people think or some of your family members may think if they don't know God or, or what your friends may think if, if they don't understand why you pray all the time and, and take time to do that. If, if Going to church, whatever it may be. But if people humble themselves and pray, what do you pray? You cry out for your nation. You pray for your family. You pray for your friends. Cry out for people that don't know you. And there's thousands of things to pray for. And seek my face. Seeking his presence. We don't want to just, you can seek his hands saying, God, will you do this for me? Will you do that for me? Will you, will you do that? Will you do this, do that? But he says, no, seek my face. Seek my presence. He said, I want to have intimacy with you. I want you to seek me and just know me. In other words, I just want you to, I want us to know each other as friends. I want you to come close to me. Not just so you can get what you want, but just come close to me because you want to because you want to know me.
He says, that's what I want. Humble yourself and pray and seek my presence. And turn from your wicked ways. In other words, just deal with any sin in your life. Just deal, say, God, forgive me of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I, want to rep- I repent of that. I turn away from that. And then he says, then he basically moves. And he says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive the sin. And I'll heal your land. And we want God to heal our land. And if there's ever a time to pray in our nation, if there's any a time to pray in our city, we've got elections coming up on Saturday and a whole lot of changes happen around that. If there's any a time to pray for our city, our nation, it's that time now. Do the worship team want to come on up? So what am I saying to you tonight? I'm saying this, that, that maybe, you know, maybe, you've, maybe you don't pray every day. Maybe you pray every second or third day. Maybe it's once a week. What I'm saying is, well, why don't you take, it's like, it's like when you walk, we talk about that scripture about the armor of God, and it's like with the feet that bring, that bring peace and walk along. Prayer can be like that. It's like you take steps in prayer. You go deeper and deeper into prayer and take steps of more prayer. And so what I'm, what I'm saying to you tonight is that maybe you prayed a few times a week. Well, why don't you increase that to three or four days a week? Why don't you just take another step? And maybe, maybe you pray every day and it's a certain amount of time and then, then why don't you just take another five or ten minutes and just say, God, I love you and I, I, I want to seek your face. I just want to go a bit deeper and, and I want to pray a bit longer. And, and maybe it's just increasing what you're doing. I'm not talking about making this massive change. I'm saying let's just all step in a little bit more. Let's all pray a little bit more with the understanding that when you pray, it's not a game. God takes it very seriously. He takes every word seriously. He's longing. He's longing to hear you pray. He's longing and waiting every day for you to take a moment, take some time in your day to say, I'm I'm waiting for you to to, to stop. Just stop for five minutes and come into my presence. Come and seek my face. He says, I'm here waiting. And he says, when you do it, I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive the sin. I'll forgive your mistakes. And I'll move when you pray. I'll, I'll heal your land. You'll see prayers answered. You'll see your family change. You'll see your friends come to know me. You'll see things change because we're not seeking Him for what we can get out of it. We're seeking Him just because of who He is, that we love Him. And we care and have compassion for our nation. And many thousands of people are going to hell at this very moment because they don't know Jesus. That's a very real reality. And I don't want to see that happen. I want to see them flood into the kingdom of God. I want to see churches over, overflowing with people. Where, they, where doors, I see, I see our church. The other week we were in worship and I saw our church. I saw a line going out to the road. I saw the outside area with, an, with the screen playing the service because we could not fit everyone in this place. I saw that whole area filled with people that just wanted to come and meet with you. I saw wheelchairs on the stage. People healed. People coming because they hear about miracles that are happening in this place. That's what I see. That's what I pray for. That's what I see God doing in this place. And we need to come and pray and seek God and say, God, what do you want to do? Ask God, say, God, and pray for your people you know that don't know Him. Begin to pray for God to move in power. And it starts first with us getting our lives right. He says, if you humble yourselves and pray, seek my face. I'll forgive your sin. And maybe tonight there's some stuff you need to deal with God and say, God, there's some areas of my life that aren't right. And I need to ask you to forgive me. some things in your life that even right now that if you're sitting in the Holy Spirit is speaking to people right now saying you need to talk to that person you need to change that he's like highlighting some things because he wants us to be effective he wants us to be righteous and effective those that are righteous his righteousness filling us those that pray with that 
It says they're powerful and effective prayers that do wonderful things, that change situations. Why don't you close your eyes just for a moment? If you're here tonight and you're saying, I've never, I don't know Jesus, I never give my life to Him, I've never responded to Him and asked Him for forgiveness in my life. Tonight I want to give you an opportunity to say that you can do that tonight. You can come to Him. And if you ask Him, the Bible says if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sin and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. In other words, He'll make you brand new again. He'll wash away all your sin. He's already paid the price on the cross for your sin. And right now, I want to ask you, if that's you in this place, and I need to do that. Or maybe you're sitting there and you know, hey, there's some areas of my life that I know aren't right. I need God to forgive me and I need to respond to Him tonight and ask Him to forgive me and to just start afresh with Him. You feel away from God, but tonight you can take a step to Him and He'll forgive you and restore you and heal you and help you right now in this place. If that's you tonight, I just want you to raise your hand in this place. I need to do that tonight. Thank you. Who else tonight? Thank you. Thank you. Who else tonight? Thank you. Thank you. Who else tonight? Anyone else you want to respond? You want to come to Him? His presence is in this place. Spirit just speaking to people right now. He's speaking. He's, some of you are sitting here and he's giving you, it's like you're getting a, a dream or a vision. You know, when I start to talk about this place being filled with people, God's just speaking to people right now. And he's shown you pictures of what he wants to do. It may not be at this church, it might be your family. You may be praying for your family members and praying for your friends and you think, God, when are they going to come to you when their lives going to turn around it's like he's encouraging you praying for your school praying for your workplace God's going to show you and give you like a, a dream or a vision of what is to come what is to come and as you continue to pray for those things God will quicken what he's going to do when you pray and you seek his face because prayer is a powerful weapon Prayer is a powerful weapon. He's calling people tonight in this place to say, pray, pray, seek my presence, come into my presence, make some more time, make some more time, increase your prayer, increase the time you spend with me. And he says, I'm, I'm ready to move. I'm ready to come and, and into the situation, but I'm waiting for you to come. I'm waiting for you. I'm calling you to come close to me because he wants to use us to do it. He doesn't want to leave us on the sideline and just go ahead and, and move. He's saying, I want, to, I want you with me. I want to use you in an incredible harvest, an incredible plan I have. Why does anyone stand tonight in this place? I'm just going to sing this song. I'm going to sing it quietly, but those that responded, put their, I'd love to just pray with you real quick. There's a whole lot of people put their hands up and responded to say, hey, I need to get right with God right now. I just want you to invite you to come and stand at the front for a few minutes. We're just going to pray a general prayer. I'm going to sing this song. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.